Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Yay. Everybody's included. Even me. Yeah, fantastic. Come on, we're all the current generation. Yeah. So, if, you, if you're alive, which I hope you are, you're called and you're part of it. You're part of God's army. Yeah. So be fruitful wherever you are. And don't wait for somebody to give you a platform. Your desk is a platform. Yeah? Your communication device is an international broadcasting center. You've got a platform. Go for it. Spread good things. I'll try this side. <laughs> All right. Yay. Um, I, I was just so enjoying us being together. And, uh, you know, typically at the beginning of a year, I will, you know, just wish everybody well. All those who are going to have a birthday in that year. Just I don't miss anybody. Just at the beginning of the year, I just, you know, if you're going to have a birthday this year, let me just bless you. And uh, so we didn't manage to do that, and so today's the day. Happy birthday, everyone. Yeah. And uh, particularly good for us to wish Dan, who's on a camera, and Andres was on the drums. It's their birthdays today. Yeah. And, and what I'm loving about it is, you know what, they're doing what I was brought up to do. Like if you have a birthday, just like carry on. You know, you don't have to take an absence of leave from God's people when it's your birthday. Yeah, we have a very large extended family. If we had to take off every time one of our family members had a birthday, well, I'd probably preach about three times in the year. Yeah, so it's just so, so good. I just love what these guys are doing, serving and, you know, being part of, you know, just celebrating God and one another, and, and that's what they're choosing to do on their birthdays. It's kind of like, yay, my kind of guys. And so they've set the standard, and so every single one of us from now on. All right, so good. Well, I'm going to try and not preach the everlasting gospel in one go. Hallelujah. I just want to say thank you for those who were here last week and you came back. It was a long one. I'm going to try and not repeat too much. But I believe that the Lord is wanting us to get a greater level of clarity in our understanding as to you know, 
what we've been saved into, what we've been saved out of, and what we're going to experience in the future. And there's heaps of confusion, and particularly as people are worried about you know, vaccines and the mark of the beast and all this kind of stuff, you know, we've got some you know, uh, tides of opinion. And uh, amongst the believers, there's a lot of confusion. You know, should we, shouldn't we, and what's this all about? And, and, a, and a lot of it comes out of theories about the last days. So what we want to do is we just want to go back to the scriptures and see what the scriptures say. Because we think that's a good thing for church people to do. <laughs> All right. So some of the things, we've, we've heard things repeated so often, and because it's sort of commonly held by a bunch of people, we think, oh, this must be the majority view, therefore it must be right. But it's only when we actually go and dig into the scriptures, we see, hang on, wait a minute, some of this stuff actually isn't even there. And so, because it just is spoken over and over and over again, people just receive it and then begin to then repeat it. So what we're going to do is we're going to break that cycle. So let's rather just take a look, see what the scriptures actually say, and then not only will we have a greater clarity about what is to come, but we'll begin to live better now. We don't have too much control over the distant future, but there are things we can do now. So let's live for the Lord now, and let's, let's not get too caught up, especially if there's an environment of fear that couples with certain approaches. It's kind of like, that's got to be a clue. Because in Him, there's no fear. Yeah? And so as we dig into these things, it's that we might love him more and better and live for him now more and better. And when we see some of the passages in the scriptures, especially in Paul's writings, he's saying, I, I'm telling you these things in order that you might live a life that pleases him now. I'm telling you these things that you might be encouraged to the Lord not that you might become some kind of an expert about things that are going to take place in the future. No, I'm telling you these things that you might be encouraged in the Lord now. So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen, is that we are going to be encouraged in the Lord. Three nods, okay. What I'd like to do is... Uh, Next month, I'd like to take a Friday evening and a Saturday and just lay out things in, in a cohesive way. So we'll, we'll jump into some of those things. So that's the, the 21st and the 22nd of May. We'll, we'll put out some information around that. But we're going to look at the, the last days, the end times. And we're going to, to dig into these things. So we'll communicate 
closer to, to that, how you can register for that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to dig into, you know, so much of the detail because a lot of it is quite technical and it's not really appropriate on a Sunday morning for us to be, you know, taking out, you know, all of the, the Greek and the Hebrew and the this and the that. And, you know, we want, we want to be encouraged and strengthened in the Lord, not feed the old brain box with highfalutin things. Okay. So, we were on the back of the recognition of the importance of the resurrection. We were recognizing from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus was the first fruits of resurrection. In other words, he got a resurrection body. Yay! And we too will one day get a resurrection body. And so we were, we were looking at uh, the aspects of a resurrection body, and that's in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead, the body that is sown is perishable, but it's raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body, right? Remember that? So it's going to be imperishable, it's going to be strong, powerful, it's going to be glorious. Hallelujah. Yay. It's going to be a little different from our bodies currently, but it will be physical. Yeah, we're not going to waft around. But there are going to be some unusual things about this body. As we noted, Jesus was able to come through walls and close doors and things. He just appeared. Yeah. So there's some things about this resurrection body that we are looking forward to. Yay. All right. So we'll be able to worship, you know, hour after hour after hour, and we won't get exhausted. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're, we're also, you know... Jesus demonstrated a couple of things about this resurrection body. The disciples were able to touch him. Yeah? Not only that, but this is something, you know, some of us are kind of like really excited about. Your resurrection body will still be able to have delightful, delicious, scrumptious food. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus had a braai for his disciples. It was a head of fish braai. So that's why we know God loves South Africans so much. He's, he's into all of this stuff. So uh, he ate fish with his disciples. And, uh, and he said that uh, we'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a great feast. When he, when he held up the cup at the Last Supper, he said, I'm looking forward to drinking this again with you at the end. Now, if Jesus is drinking the fruit of the vine, means that we'll be drinking with him. Means we'll be drinking and eating and feasting. 
Yay. Mm. Will the food, you know, have the most amazing impact on our bodies that, you know, calories are not an issue anymore? We don't know. Yeah. So, there's so many things for us to look forward to in the new heaven and the new earth. Now remember that we only get our new bodies, our resurrection body, for the new earth. Okay, some of you were here last week. Some of you are still looking at me sideways because you still need to put it together. All right. So in... 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Hopefully we can pop this up for you. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. All right. So this whole thing of our resurrection body, it's when Jesus returns, there's a, a, a trumpet, there's a flash, and it's like in an instant. Okay, hallelujah. Okay, so it's when Jesus returns that we get this resurrection body. Are we happy with this? Fairly easy from the scriptures here. Would you turn with me now to Philippians chapter 1? We're just going to look at a couple of other scriptures and uh, pull one or two things together and um, keep rejoicing in the Lord. So Philippians chapter 1 and uh, verse 19. It leads into this, yes, I will continue to rejoice. Verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So here yeah, the context is Paul is writing to the Philippians, but Paul is in hard lockdown. He's in jail. Yeah, so he's chained, he's in prison, and he's saying, listen, what's happening? This lockdown is actually causing an advance of the kingdom. So, hey, <laughs> breakthrough. This has been the most crazy season for this last year, we've actually grown. We've advanced. Now, there were prophetic words about advance, and, and we thought it was going to happen in one way, but the Lord has worked things and has been different, but it's still resulted in advance. And Daryl was just referring earlier to the fact that, you know, a year ago, we had international ministries here, and we had one camera. And we had some lights, but not a lot. In a year, our, our, uh, just the technical side of things has just exploded exponentially. You look around the room, there are a bunch of cameras. You look up, there are lots of lights. You look up there, there are lights. There weren't lights like that before. Look at the back wall, it wasn't like that. This stuff here wasn't here. It's was amazing. And you walk downstairs and you'll see that there's, a, there's still a whole studio thing downstairs and that's where the young adults are going to be this evening. We've increased our meeting venues. 
we've expanded. There's been an acceleration in so many different ways. This is phenomenal. And people were expecting that churches, you know, would, would take an enormous hit financially because of not being able to meet. And yet the Lord has been so good to release his favor and his kindness and his blessing on his people. And his people have continued to live in faith and trust him. And one of the ways in which we live in faith is that we tithe. Not because of law, but because we, we trust you, Lord. And we demonstrate our trust that we're actually tithing. We're recognizing that everything comes from you. So tithing is a faith thing. So as together we've been walking in faith, the Lord has released an acceleration on the body. This is amazing. Yeah? So the lockdown has actually caused us to grow and increase. Yeah? I mean, our, our, you know, our influence and our impact is touching a bunch of different nations that we didn't touch before. Our prayer teams are praying from people all around, for, for people from all around the world. It's kind of like, wow, that's what lockdown did. So lockdown wasn't all bad. Paul, he's saying the same thing. He's saying, wow, don't get upset because I'm in chains. Actually, what's happening is that there's an increase, there's an advance that's taking place. That's pretty powerful. So as I was saying, it's amazing how the gospel will still advance even if there's adversity coming against the gospel. Yeah? You can't keep the gospel in isolation. You can't chain the gospel. You can't lock it down. Hallelujah. I mean, look at us. We're stronger than ever before. Yay. All right. Verse 20, Philippians 1. I eagerly expect and hope that I in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whoa, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, I'm in the body physically, but whew, I'd actually like to depart the body. I'd like to die. Because if I die, I will gain. What am I going to gain? Verse 23, to be with the Lord far better. In other words, being with the Lord, when we leave the body, we're going to be with the Lord and it's far better. 
Remember Jesus said to the thief on the cross alongside him, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise, the root word for paradise is the same as Eden. In other words, this is a great blissful place. Yeah, better by far. So he says, I want to depart. The root understanding of the word depart is like when a ship, when it loosens from its moorings and can set sail. So you, the real you, you can get let loose, separated from your moorings, which is your body, which dies, so you can be with the Lord. You can gain in that way. How's that? So you've got something to look forward to. So when we go and we're with the Lord, it's going to be great. Yay? So we leave the body. The body dies. It's not going to be a bad thing. We're actually going to gain. Mm-hmm. Then he carries on a little bit later in Philippians, talking to the same guys. Now he's in chapter 3. and Let's pick it up from verse 17. It says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I've often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Okay? So there's a, there's a, if you like, a contrast with what we were looking at last week in Corinthians. All right? So instead of sowing, so he's making the contrast in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. The body is sown in dishonor that it might be raised in glory. Remember that? Sown in dishonor, the dishonor, the shame, the fallen corrupted flesh we were we were of adam's race right that's the dishonor that's the body that is sown but it might be raised glorious okay so the thing of dishonor and shame for those who continue in their wickedness who don't in a sense leave behind the sin nature the adam nature you're tracking with me. So those who continue their shameful ways, all right, those who reject salvation, who reject Jesus, all right, they, their destiny is destruction. So that's the contrast here. This is not us. Hallelujah. There's a distinction between those who follow after God and those who do not. It's a terrible reality, but reality it is. If there was nothing to be saved from, why do we want to go out and preach the gospel? Okay? So we need to tell people, hey, you're lost, and if you continue in your lostness, you will be forever lost. And if you don't tell them that they lost, they won't know. Okay. 
Their mind is set on earthly things. So that's, they're going after all the things of this world's system, which has impacted and influenced the fallen world by the enemy. Started with the fall in the Garden of Eden, and he's still impacting and influencing people, and so their mind is set on earthly things. Verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So what's he saying? He's saying, guys, there's a good reason for you to stand firm. When Jesus appears, we will be transformed and we will become just like him. Yay. What's he saying? He's saying similar things to what he spoke to or wrote to the Corinthians. When Jesus comes, that's when we will get this body that will be like Jesus' resurrection body. But you knew that. But it's good for us to come from different scriptures. You know, we don't want to base something on one verse or half a verse or something that's in the footnotes. All right? So it's, it's by the testimony of two to three witnesses that a thing is established. So we need two to three different scriptures for us to actually put things together. Okay, this is actually what the Lord wants us to hold on to. So we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. He says here to the Philippians, when Jesus appears, we will be transformed. Our lowly bodies, all right? So that earthly body will be changed, will be transformed when Jesus appears. So we are looking forward to the return of Jesus. Woohoo! Yay! What a great day when he comes. Are you happy? All right. Another scripture for you. Would you turn with me to the first uh, letter of John, chapter 3. So 1 John, chapter 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him, dear friends. Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him Purify themselves just as he is pure. All right? So now John's getting in on it as well. And remember, John's the same guy who had the revelation. So now he's writing some letters. These letters are filled with love. 
you know, this is the command that we love one another. How can you say you love God? You don't even love your brew next to you. Come on, guys, get your act together. Don't chase after all these spirits and things. Test everything. Come on, let's go for it. But here is the amazing thing that when Jesus appears, then we will be just like him. Now, we don't know everything. Okay, there's some things about this that's a mystery. We don't know everything. So just be a little bit nervous of someone who says they know everything about the end times. Because John, he was the beloved. He was the one who put his, his head on Jesus' chest when they were reclining at the Last Supper. Some of you are kind of like, how does that work? I saw the painting of the Last Supper. <laughs> and the painting's wrong. <laughs> Middle Eastern culture was very different. That's why it was so important that they would wash the feet. Because if you're reclining at the table, you're lying down, you know, like somebody's feet is near somebody else's head. Wash those feet. John was close to Jesus. He had the inside scoop. He goes up and he sees Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration. He's the one who has the great revelation on the Isle of Patmos. So he's got all of this insight. He's really, really close to Jesus. And then he still says, but hey guys, there's some things that are unknown. It's a mystery. So a little bit of a warning to all of us. Hey, there's some things we just don't know. When it comes to the end times, there's some things we need to know, and there's some things we just need to trust. Because we are people of the faith, which means we've got to have faith in God. He just wants us to know it's going to be okay. So then he goes on, he says, listen, just as, as Jesus is pure, now you live your lives in purity. Be pure, live right, live a life that pleases him because he's coming back. And when he comes back, my goodness, what's going to happen to you? Your lowly body I mean, I may think this is a bit of a heavenly body right now, but you ain't seen anything yet. Our lowly bodies will be transformed. It's going to be this crazy thing going on. How is it going to be? What are the chemical reactions in the body? What about people who've died? All these kinds of things. How is this going to happen? And, and you start you know, trying to figure it out. It's kind of like, whoa, relax. You don't know. 
There's some things that are a mystery. So what do you have to do? Oh, walk in faith. Trust him. Listen, if he's the one who can take some dirt, form it, sculpt it into human form, and then breathe into Adam, becomes a human, alive, from dust, boom. With you, easy. All right. You know what? To be continued. We'll, we'll jump into some of these difficult passages in the coming weeks. Because there's some things that people have tried to fit into a particular kind of understanding. And, and it's, it's, well, you know like when you try and put a square peg in a round hole? It just doesn't fit so good. Yeah. And, and then it causes some gaps in our thinking and our faith and our understanding. And then, and then we open the door to a thing called fear. And all of this, you look, every time there's, there's a, a writing, there's an instruction about this, is so that you can rejoice. So that you can look forward to the day. Most people in a bunch of churches, you talk about the end times, they start getting really nervous. Why is it the exact opposite of what the writers intended? No, this is supposed to excite us. Man, this is awesome. We've got something to look forward to. In fact, it's to gain. Mm -hmm. Now, when he said, listen, let, let the ship loose from its moorings, you know, I want to I go and be, to be with the Lord is gain. He's talking about your body remaining behind. You die. But you, the real you, your soul, and your spirit that's been made alive in Christ is now going to be with him. In some kind of a blissful state, but that's not our final state. Because when he comes, he will come back with all those who have died in Christ. We're going to look at that next time. And when they come back, they're coming back with him. There's going to be great fanfare, trumpets, amazing things. Every eye will see. He's not doing a sneak move. He's coming in glory. The dead in Christ will rise first. But they're coming back with him. But they will rise first. What's that about? Well, when you die, you're going to be with him. 
your soul, your spirit with him. Scripture doesn't say if there's some kind of a package to hold you together. Could be. Jesus told a parable. There's a chap called Lazarus. And he was able to recognize. So there must be some kind of shape or thing in this state. While we're with Jesus, while we're waiting for the final return. But when he comes, those who've died in Christ will come back with him. And then... The bodies of those who've died will rise, meet him in the air. Then those of us who are still alive will also meet him. And we'll be changed, get a resurrection body. So I've told you what I'm going to tell you next time. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Wow. Because you've got stuff to look forward to. Yay! Because we're not, you know, like the guys who go to the pub and they, you know, three guys walk into a pub and I don't know what they said because I wasn't there. <laughs> but you know the jokes about the guys, you're like, hey, you go to heaven and you sit on a cloud and you play a harp, whatever. It's kind of like, no, that's, that's not what we're doing. There's a new heaven and a new earth. And you need a new body for the new earth. So we can do his stuff. The parables are going to make sense. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here you are, ten cities. Things are going to start to make sense. The new Jerusalem is going to make sense. The fact that there's no temple in the new Jerusalem is going to make sense. Oh, I can't wait. That's the whole point. That's why the Bible writers are saying, guys, these troubles you're going through, these lockdowns, these chains, light and momentary troubles. You've got so much to look forward to. So live for him all the more, even as you are doing. But look forward with great hope and, and joy. Oh, my goodness, the best is yet to come. All right. And now for my final ending. Would you stand? Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You do everything well, good, perfect, glorious. Thank you 
that your great master plan will not be derailed in any way by what the enemy is planning or doing. That you are the victorious one. And that because we are in you, we get to be part of the victorious outworking of your great master plan. And because we're in you, we look forward to the resurrection. We look forward to your second coming. And all of the things that are so hard for our small, tiny, finite brains to comprehend about eternity. And the limitations of our language and our earthly experience to try and understand all that you have for us in the future. Oh, we bow down. We humble ourselves. This mystery is too great for us. But we give you praise. And it stirs us up all the more to live a life that pleases you, honors you, that we live lives that are pure because you are pure and you are good. Thank you, Lord, for strength. Thank you, Lord, even right now as we go from this place, that we go strengthened and encouraged by being with you this morning. We experienced you today. We had a taste of heaven on earth today and eternal perspectives trumped temporary troubles. Hallelujah. So Lord, let your peace fill and flood every heart and mind. Let your protection be upon us. Lord, let your strength come into our physical bodies. Let healing flow in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you cause every provision that we need to flow to us because you are a good Father. Let it be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen.